0: Hey everyone, welcome to another edition of Sports with Friends. My name is Seth Everett, and uh, the world keeps getting weirder and weirder and more disappointing. First, we've been talking about COVID-19, and yeah, we're still quarantined. But last week, literally, uh, as I was putting together last week's episode with uh, Ed Cohen, who was great, um, this unfortunate, tragic incident, really wrong incident. Took place in Minneapolis Minneapolis where if you listen to the show open uh, somebody named Prince that I know and uh, and I worked with uh, resided and he always used to say about Minneapolis it's so cold it keeps the bad people away well racism was very very apparent in Minneapolis that night and it was really really disappointing It has been something that has been a focal point in my life, and I come to with a very open mind and a very, very honest, transparent way of discussing it. Um, I don't see color. You know, my best friend was African-American. I work with African-American people all over. I have covered African-American athletes, never thought twice about it. I do recognize... uh, certain things about race uh when i was at mlb we covered jackie robinson day and i always have the idea of a documentary that i've made no secret about uh a docuseries about the declining number of african-american baseball players i think that would be a fascinating story to tell not this week not this week the protests that have gone on have been at times very very poignant And very well thought out. And then there has been rioting and looting in places that I hold dear. I saw rioting and looting in Seattle. I saw rioting and looting in Denver. I saw rioting and looting in Brooklyn. I saw rioting and looting in New York City, Manhattan. All places that I have had residences in. I have lived in all those places, and I wouldn't want to be in any of those metropolitan areas currently. It defeats the message. It is, again, just furthering the pain and the suffering that everyone is feeling. Everyone that's good is feeling. Our country, the United States of America, has never been more fractured And it bothers me to such a great extent that I can't sit idly by. Recently, I have started a show on Twitch. We call it Center of Attention. And the cool thing about Twitch, because it is a Twitch channel that I am in charge of, I got to choose who I want to talk to on that channel. And I chose somebody who has been a guest on this podcast before. Back in episode 235, uh, we did a podcast on the life, the death, and the legacy of Kobe Bryant. It was right after his tragic passing. And the show that we did was with a former NBA player named Etan Thomas, who I got a chance to know last year when I was working uh, on ESPN Syracuse. We got to talking and we decided we wanted to do a Twitch show called Center of Attention. And Atan is not just a former uh, athlete. He's a father. He's a husband. And he is a social activist. He's also an author. Uh, He has written two New York Times bestsellers. And his activism was something I knew about, but I never focused that much on simply because i was an admirer that that's as far as it got when we started doing the show he was bringing up social issues political issues things that i had never done in my career and it was fascinating and it's funny that center of attention has you know gotten bigger and bigger and, and i like doing the show we're, we're trimming it down to three days a week monday wednesday and friday And all you have to do is go to my Twitch channel, twitch.tv slash Seth Everett, and you'll see when when we post. And we can do anything we want. And when I say that, that's not something we take lightly. It's predominantly sports because we are sports people. But often, for example, when uh, Bernie Sanders uh, dropped out of the political race... Atan put on a friend of his who happens to be a Bernie Sanders campaign uh, person. And I just, I was dumbfounded. I was impressed. And he has all these contacts. After the weekend, I asked who was supposed to be our guest for 252, uh, Chris Majkowski, uh, one of the greatest guys you'll ever know, um, But that conversation is going to be hysterical. Like, that's going to be, that should be in the comedy, not just sports. And um, I just didn't think the culture was right uh, to do something like that. I thought it was more important to do a sports podcast because this is called Sports with Friends. But let me do something that is very poignant. Etan and I, on the Monday, june 1st uh did a center of attention show and we had already booked david aldridge Uh, you know him from espn he also writes for the athletic Uh, david aldridge is one of the preeminent nba reporters somebody who i'd love to get on the show already i would love that i would absolutely love to talk to him while we had the chance to do it i'm not going to bug somebody who took his time to address some really, really poignant issues uh, to do another (laughs) segment about the same thing. So what we're going to do is I'm going to air our conversation with myself, Etan Thomas, and David Aldridge. But then I'm going to ask you to stay close. If you've been following the news of of, uh, George Floyd, uh, it breaks your heart. Well, this isn't the first time this has happened you know Freddie Gray, um, Trayvon Martin. Uh, there, there have been plenty and too many. And one of them in 2014, a man by the name of Eric Garner, uh, was murdered in, in, in pretty much the same way George Floyd was. Just the only difference is that story took place six years prior, and that was caught on video as well. Because of Atan Thomas and because of his connections, his daughter, Eric Garner's daughter, Emerald Garner, joined us on Center of Attention as well. And when thinking about what I wanted to do for Sports with Friends, I thought about not doing a podcast. Did we want to just have somebody on? Uh, to talk about it from a news perspective. How do I bring sports into it? And that's where I'll give credit to Atan. He came up with a way. In the David Aldridge segment, we talk about sports and their reaction to this. So in this show, we are going to play a portion of my conversation with Atan Thomas, who, again, has been on this podcast before. And then we are going to hear the segment with David Aldridge, and then we are going to hear the emotional segment of Emerald Garner. We're going to have all three of those segments right here seamlessly because my content is my content. And you know my passion for this podcast. And you know that when I do a show that i chosen to do, the content is on that caliber. So what we're going to hear now is Atan Thomas from Center of Attention... But then you're going to hear David Aldridge and Emerald Garner right here on Sports with Friends. Thank you for listening, and this is important. Um, we'll get back to the yucks. I mean, there's a couple of laughs in the, in this podcast, but we'll get to the to the really good laughs, uh, you know, next week and when we do more episodes just like that. All right, let's do it. And I want to preface everything that I. Uh, absorbed over the weekend Uh um, just as you did Uh Uh, I want to start it off with something that is very very poignant that I had never heard verbalized before and it helps me start this conversation and it was on this Twitch channel actually Uh, Kevin Smith the filmmaker was doing a show and we ghost hosted it Um, and he was doing it with a, a journalist turned writer he's now a television writer uh, okay. named Mark Bernard. Very interesting guy. I've never met him, but I've heard him do a podcast because he does a podcast weekly with with Kevin Smith and they okay. do pop culture stuff, superheroes, kind of like the podcast that I do. Mm-hmm. And he made a very interesting point. He said it's very often said by black people
1: mm-hmm.
0: that I didn't choose to be black. Mm-hmm. It's not my fault that I'm black and mm-hmm. I shouldn't pay a price because I'm black. OK, OK. I didn't choose to be white uh-huh. and that's something I've never heard verbalized that for white people to say I didn't ask for this. I, I don't have this privilege. I don't have the ex- same experience that you do and there's nothing I can do about that and I don't want to be made to feel guilty not by you a or you the viewer or you the guy on Twitter or y- anybody it is one thing, uh, at least from my perspective, that I have subscribed to, which is equality. I, I don't see color. I don't see color. My best friend was black. Uh-huh. He and I would have racial discussions all the time. Not as much uh-huh. as you. Uh-huh. Um, there has been, I, I, I mean, I have more black friends than I know what to do with. I don't have a count. I don't know how many black friends I have, but uh-huh. I'm not black. And I don't have to apologize for that. I did nothing wrong, just like the black person did nothing wrong in being black. And I just that was verbalized, I thought, very well and very eloquently because it's something that, as you said, white people are walking this slippery slope. And one of the things that I want to say is I appreciate all the companies and the teams, especially the, the sports franchises that are putting out statements of support. Save it. It it looks so contrived, and I don't think it has it. It doesn't hold any water. No one is going to stop a protest because the Baltimore Orioles wrote something. It, it doesn't. It doesn't work. And so,
2: so let me interject. I I would love for you to bring every point that you just brought up with David Aldrich. I will. Um. And 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 so my my thought. There's so much to unpack with with what you said. Number one. Um, going back to like you didn't choose to be to be white and um, you're not you shouldn't be made to feel guilty um, because you're white. And it's interesting because I saw this um, program. It was actually when I was in college and it was of um, some people in Germany who made the same argument. They said they didn't choose to be German. They were born there. Their grandparents were born there and they did not agree. And they were with not Nazis. Right. right. They were not Nazis. However they also recognized that too many of them stayed silent. Uh-huh. And so they said, so while we didn't choose to, to be, to be um, German, so did, and they started naming the different people that they knew, they didn't choose to be Jewish. So for the uh-huh. fact that both of us are in this situation, well, never, none of us made a choice, but one of them is persecuted for their non-choice. The other one has a privilege to be able to live freely for their non-choice. And so it is on the onus of the the side that has the privilege to be able to leave freely, to be able to say it's not right that they can't live freely as well. And it's not not a matter of feeling guilty. It's just a matter of knowing and, and recognizing your position and your privilege and being able to say, I know that this isn't my situation, but that's not right that it's their situation. And that's what I saw a lot um, I saw I saw videos of, of, a, of a beautiful protest in Minneapolis. It was literally all white people. I mean, there's a lot of white people in Minneapolis, but, there, yes. but it was, there, was, there was literally all white. They panned the crowd. I didn't see no black people. And it was had to be hundreds I, I, I of I saw the same thing. I saw it. Right. Pro- so not a lot of social solidarity. distancing,
0: but that that's another discussion. That's true, that's a different issue. Yeah. That's another I, discussion.
2: That's, that's a big issue, actually, because that's what I kept thinking about. But you know, but the fact that they all stood in solidarity to be able to say this is this, not this right. Is, this is wrong. Right. Yeah. And and I think that's the part that gives the a lot of the, you know, um, whether we're talking about companies or whether we're talking about, you know, white people in general, where if it's almost to where it's like what Dr. King has the quote, you know, there becomes a time when silence is betrayal. And, mm-hmm. you know, so you, so you have to say something. So, yes, are some of the companies okay. speaking up only because they're getting pressured because they see the other companies speaking up? I'm sure. Yeah, I'm definitely sure. Yeah, but they have to, be, but to collectively be able to say this isn't right is a lot different than having a few people saying it's not right. And then okay. it's a lot different than having people of the of of the people who are targeted, the people who are the unfortunate people, saying it's not right, but allies, All, I cannot ex- I cannot express how important it is to have allies. was important with Dr. King when he was having his marches. It was important, and it's important now. You know, they. I want to go on a tangent.
0: I'm going to keep going. No, yeah, because, I, no, I want I want to focus people. you. I want to I want to steer. Right, the, right, right. I want to steer this a little bit. Okay. Um. How do you? If you were to give an overview mm-hmm. of how this weekend went,
2: mm-hmm.
0: would you say pretty good? Would you say excellent? Would you say nightmare? How would you describe the weekend that was filled with 85% really good protesting, 15% really, really bad rioting?
2: Well, I would say it, it it's all of the above. I mean, and I would say, when you ask me, okay, well, how have the police responded? I would say all of the above. There's been examples with the police who actually joined protesters. There's actually been an example, like in, in Atlanta, yeah. where the police were sitting there talking with protesters, like human beings. Like, we understand why you feel this. there was an example. That, I mean, there's a lot. But then- but What,
0: about the, but what then, about the College Football Hall of Fame in Atlanta? What,
2: what, what about St.
0: Patrick's I, Cathedral? What
2: about that? What, what about the NYPD? You know what I mean? You know, that's all I can say, just as a blanket. Oh. What about the, everything that I've seen from the NYPD has been? Militarism has, oh my God. But disappointing ain't even, and that that don't even cover it. I mean, and so. But does that I think justify St. Patrick's
0: Cathedral? Do two well, wrongs make a right? That's my question. But
2: yeah, but who's wrong are you talking about? Are you talking about the police officers wrong? <laughs> are you talking about the. Because they they're are wrong. Because
0: the police crazy. officers were wrong. I saw police officers showing the white power symbol whatever that thing is that was awful that and, was and awful you saw
2: that as well yes and, and but but also but who's the
0: guy our, who spray painted saint patrick's cathedral no, let's
2: listen wrong is wrong no matter who does it Good. so let me make that clear wrong is wrong no matter who does it so whether you're talking about a a, a black protester or you're talking about a white protester doesn't now, matter been, it doesn't matter if, it, if, if the way that they're doing it is wrong then it's wrong but now, a looter I is but
0: say, a looter is not a protester
2: Right, but I will say this, though. A lot of times what I've been seeing, and I saw this in Baltimore, I saw this in Ferguson, because, you know, I've been in, like, so Baltimore after Freddie Gray was killed, you know, mm-hmm. and, after, and Ferguson after Mike Brown. Mm-hmm. There are other groups, and the other groups, I'm not going to label them, because I don't know if they're definitely from that group. You know, tr- Trump likes to immediately
0: say, oh, that's Antifa.
2: Oh, that's I mean, they don't, they're not wearing an Antifa shirt. I don't know if they're definitely from that group. I don't think there's
0: group, a subscription but- card. Right,
2: that's (laughs) what I'm saying. But there are other groups that infiltrate, and I've seen this with my own eyes, that infiltrate in there and get everything hyped and escalated, throw something, everything like that. I've seen undercover policemen where you can tell undercover policemen. You can actually see them having a a, um, bulletproof vest underneath their T-shirt. You know what I mean? Like it's 21 Jump Street, not even like a good disguise. You know, and you see them agitating and everything. I mean, so there's a lot of, a whole lot going on. I saw this um, amazing video and I actually, I, I posted it. There was, there were three generations. There was a young, a young black man who was 16 years old. Another one who was like 27. Another one that was like 39. And they were all frustrated. And they were all, t- it was the most emotional. I mean, because yeah, I, saw you I, I felt all of them. I felt the one that was frustrated. I felt the middle one that was like, we got to do something better for the younger people. I felt the 16-year-old was like, I'm 16, and this is messed up, and we got to do something. I felt all of them. You know what I mean? So there's a lot of emotions going on right now from everybody. But the thing about it is, you know, what is going to be the solution?
0: Okay. so that That's the question. Take, okay. Let, then let's take this, this conversation one mm-hmm. step further. Okay. I have a friend that I went to high school with, Mm-hmm. Uh she owns a dance studio. Okay. She closed her dance studio and over the course of the quarantine, uh mm-hmm. leased a new one. Okay. Maybe not in the best neighborhood, maybe it's cheaper rent, whatever. I'm I, I, I don't know the situation and I don't talk to her anymore. I was very close right. to her in high school. Okay. Her the first, her dance studio is the second floor of a building in Los Angeles. Okay. And the first floor was lit on fire. Okay. Now, my friend has no prejudice. I, I'm i going to make the assumption, okay? Mm-hmm. I know where she comes from. I know her parents. She has no prejudice. Okay. What is her reaction to see her brand new dance studio up in flames? Because why? Because George Floyd got killed? Is that why? It, so... So connect the dots to why is a dance studio on fl- on fire in in Los Angeles because a tragic thing happened in Minneapolis? Okay, why so is St. Patrick's Man, Cathedral? And I'm not Christian, I, but I, I've no, been there. No, I got you.
2: I understand what you're saying. I don't understand, understand
0: that part of it, and I hate so, that part of
2: it. So this is the part that you have to be able to try to understand, that everything didn't happen because of just George Floyd. This is, a, this is like the straw that broke the cam- camel's back. Seeing the video of it was the straw. Now, in like every single city, there have been 10 George Floyds, 10.
0: That's not the question. And, and,
2: and, no, no, but I'm, I'm getting to the point because this okay. is the question. This is the answer to the question, okay. right? Because now you have a, a people who, we, we talked to Emma Garner, right? We told her how, you, you she told us how it's been five years to even get the, the cop who was on video choking her father to death even to be fired. Not, Mm not, not to be, you know, brought up on charges, not not arrested, arrested. not even charged, not even going through the legal process just to be fired. So in every city across the country, there have been multiple cases like that. So now you have people who feel that their voice is unheard, where their, where their lives don't matter at all. So no matter what happens to them, whether it's on tape, Whether you have all the, because every situation, people are like, okay, well, we know this, this is an open and shut case. Like I've I've said it. Oh, I know this case is different. This is going to be different right here. This cop is going to jail. There's no possible way. (laughs) And it's the same actual result. So you have people who are feeling like that and then they explode. They see okay, you're not going to get my, it's like what Emerald said, that Erica, Erica Garner, her sister, which what she, she was the epitome of that. Okay, you're not going to hear me when I'm speaking it like this. When I speak all politely, when I speak articulately, when I come there and ask, and ask you for freedom and justice and everything like that, now I have to do something to get your attention. So now I need to get so your when attention.
0: when you saw those things, were, were, was part
2: of you pleased? Not at all. Now, what I also posted, if you saw, was, do you know Killer Mike? He's a rapper in uh, Atlanta. Yes, all right, no, 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 no. yes more, I more do, I do but explain
0: who he is. Explain okay, to so the audience. Killer Mike,
2: Killer Mike is a rapper in Atlanta. I think everybody should watch his address to the Atlanta crowd. He was standing there next to the police. You know what I mean? They were all, the mayor was over there. Everybody was there. And everything that he said from the time he opened his mouth was something that was, I agreed with everything. He said, I am angry. I am tired of seeing this. I don't like seeing this. I don't like the situation that we're in. Our lives are, it's like, it doesn't matter. You know, this happens over and over again. Then he's like, but we cannot destroy our neighborhoods. We cannot. He's speaking to both sides. We cannot destroy. That is not going to be the, the. So so you can talk and be and be and and both. You know what I mean? At the same exact time. So it doesn't mean that. Like if I see one, it's 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 like see buildings go up in flame. I'm not smiling. I'm not happy at that. Now now one thing I will say is. And I asked, this is a question, I think I, I don't know if I said it here, I don't know, I've been doing a lot of shows, but I said, Imani asked me, my daughter Imani, she said that, number one, if the video had not come out about George Floyd, George Floyd's murder, showing George Floyd's murder, right? If that video didn't come out, and if everybody didn't react the way they reacted, would he have been arrested? And I could not honestly tell her Yes i could not i want to i wish i could i wish i could say no they would have done the right thing no there's no way but i'm thinking about it and i'm like the police already had their statement already written that night and they had closed the case of george floyd and then the video came out do you know what i mean i want to read
0: read the the, the chat i want to read the chats but my my Mm -hmm. follow-up to that is what if this said friend, and I'm just using this person as an example because there's okay, dozens no no of these. Problem. If she says, I don't care about that. My building got lit on fire by some jackass. What? Wh- I don't. Y- you you took my empathy and you threw it out the window when you lit my building on fire.
2: Yeah, but, but my issue What do you with say that to that is, person? What Did you have empathy
0: before? Did you have empathy yes. before when yes. you first saw it? Yes. So now, and so I, that's why I said I vouch for that person. I vouch for that person because I know where that person comes from. That person mm-hmm. doesn't have a racist soul in her in her body. And I can okay. and I can go back to her social media and I can prove it. But now she doesn't care about George Floyd anymore.
2: And he, that's not but, but that you but that's that's that's, that's to, to say you don't care about George Floyd because of the reaction to something and it personally affects you, okay, I understand that, but now you have to also look at the other person. You have to like, look at the person who actually lost their loved one, right? Who lost their loved... Like Emerald. But the Arnold guy Arnold. who lit the building or on fire didn't lose
0: his loved one. You or don't know
2: husband. what he lost. You don't know what situation he's had. The, the thing they've been showing a lot of different people who are at the protest were like, this is for my cousin that got killed by the police 20 years ago and the police never did anything. You know, I like, think this is what I think of this is what you uh, listen, Valerie Castile, who is Flannel Castile's mother, called me I over know. the weekend and said she wanted to talk about this. I know. Then she talked. She called me after that and said, I cannot calmly talk about this without breaking down and crying because it's a reminder of everything that had. And right now she's angry. She right. is. When I say angry, she is angry. So 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 it's, and I and I understand and that's not saying to justify people burning and looting and everything like that. I'm saying that you have to understand the anger and at the same time, j- just like with killer, every, like I said, everything that Killer Mike said, he understood okay. the anger, he he sympathized with the anger, he showed empathy, and then also he said, "But we can, this isn't the way. We cannot do it like we cannot show it like this." Exactly. right, it doesn't let's, get don't it, though, no, no, let's get some comments. No, no, let's get some comments.
0: Uh, injustices that have been ignored has caused these unfortunate events to happen to innocent people as an indirect means to open people's eyes to get this fixed, and then Miller Moulton fan says uh, agree. Yet we still haven't fixed it, and he says I saw it. I'm 30 minutes from Atlanta, and he's extremely. Oh, this is about Killer Mike. I'm 30 minutes from Atlanta, and he is extremely intelligent and enlightening. Uh, and I'm a middle-aged white man. I hate the looting and the riots, but I understand the reasoning when Mike Vick get, got a huge public outcry for justice for dogfighting and served so much time, yet we constantly see unjustified deaths with no justice. Right. The counter to that is I was in college when Rodney King was beaten, when the uh-huh. four LAPD uh, officers were acquitted. I remember protests, demonstrations, riots in cities throughout the U.S. Nearly uh-huh. 30 years later, have we as citizens, as a society, progressed? Surely not enough.
2: I agree. I agree to all of those. And, and the problem is that, uh, you know, the issue is, is everything that we talked about when I had my guys from, from high school on, you know, we're now, it, it's, it hasn't progressed. And now we're dealing with our children. You know what I mean? So I'm, I'm going on a show tonight with my wife and my wife hasn't, you know, talked about it at all. She hasn't, she can't. Like sometimes we're, you know, we're talking about things. She's like, okay, can we just take a break for a little while? Cause it's, it's too uh, upsetting, right? Because when, when speaking about it, we're thinking of our kids. We're thinking of Malcolm. We're thinking of Imani. You know what I mean? Baby Sierra. Like, I mean, it, it's, it's, nine, I can't nine, even nine put it into old. words, nine, right. Nine
0: years, nine years I,
2: I can't even put into words how frightening it is to have that, to have that thought and have that discussion with your children. And then to have your children, like, because that's the, when you, when I, I want to see something more where they have little kids talking about this and I haven't seen it. Maybe we all have to create it here, but little, the young kids and they're talking about how they feel. Seeing all of this, do you know what I mean? Yeah. And, and black, black, white, it's, it's, it's such a, it's not,
0: it's not that to me, issue. it just, it just, it clouds everything. And that, that, that was my complaint with the whole thing. I loved the beginning of it. I loved the beginning of it to the point of where I was considering driving up to Jersey city and Hoboken, uh, where there were planned rallies. That, that cool. was my plan. Mm -hmm. Then I woke up Saturday morning and I was doing my sports reports and I saw Atlanta and I saw the College Football Hall of Fame. And I said, this is not that's not protesting. I said, and my desire to be a part of it. I don't want to be a part of something where buildings are getting lit, lit on fire. That's not where I want to be. I I want to hear the killer mics. I'd love to talk to him about his name.
2: But the idea... He had that name when he was young, though. He's just older now. You you probably could change the name. It could could just be Big Mike or something. Yeah, yeah,
0: Big Mike, you know. Uh,
2: Something. Cheery Mike.
0: Cheery Mike. Something. Something like that. We'll get back to Sports with Friends in just a moment. But first, did you know that I have another podcast that I do? It's like Sports with Friends, but it's a little different. It's about the superhero sci-fi universe. I have been a fan of comic books, animation, movies, and when I started the Hall of Justice podcast, we wanted to do it for adults. Why did I name it the Hall of Justice? Because if you're old enough to know what the Hall of Justice is, you're our demographic. The idea of the show is to take the same passion that fans have for sports, but to bring it to the superhero genre. We have movie reviews where we spoil the movies. don't worry, we warn you so that you can see it first. We also have celebrity guests where we interview actors, voice actors. The Hall of Justice podcast comes out every Thursday, wherever you get your podcasts. And now up here on the podcast, as promised, David Aldridge, now a writer for The Athletic, previously with Turner Sports and ESPN and NBA TV. Tom Thomas and I had the honor of interviewing David Aldridge on the podcast.
2: Thanks for coming on, David. I know you have, a, you know, a lot going on, getting pulled a lot of different ways, but there's a lot that I wanted to discuss with you. Um, you know, first, first, all right, first, how are you doing? Are you safe? Are you everything good? Yeah. Uh, yeah,
3: we're all right each other. You know, I mean, we're good, you know, some family stuff, but nothing, nothing Based off of this, it's just um you know everybody's got something right now, so <laughs> right. we're hanging in there. We're hanging
0: in
2: there. Well, I, I wanted to say, and you know, I I saw Michael Jordan's statement, and I, know. for one, my opinion, I was happy that he made a statement. Right. Um, a lot of people have a lot of different thoughts and a lot of different opinions on it, and I wanted to get your opinion on it. Is it? too little too late, which I've heard a lot of people say, you know, of course, people say, well, why did he make any statements back when he, you know, of course, you, you right. know, what you sure, hear. Sure, um, what, sure. what, was your, what was your take on hearing his statement? Well,
3: I mean, I tend to agree with you, Etan. I mean, I, I'm glad he said something, you know, I mean, it's good that he, that he you know, understood that, that the time required him to say something um, as a public figure, as a leader. Um, uh, and I'm glad he said something, but you're right, I mean, you know, there's. It's never going to be enough for, for some folks who are who are still, you know, they're going to relitigate Harvey Gantt for the rest of the time, and he's just got He's going to have to live with that and and earn it, own it, and live with it. Um, he made a decision that that a lot of people didn't like, then and now, and that's always going to be part of the narrative when it comes to things like this. I think he's in a position where he can't win. You know, if he says something, it's not enough. You know, if he doesn't say anything, why didn't you say something? You know what I mean? So. You just got to say what you feel is is the appropriate thing to say. Hopefully, you're doing things behind the scenes in his case that are bringing about some meaningful change in people's lives. Um, but yeah, I mean, he's it, it's 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 a very difficult uh, needle for Michael Jordan to thread because of his past.
2: Let Let me ask you this. Um... In your opinion, now you was in every single episode of The Last Dance, <laughs> like like every single it was like MJ and you. It should have been MJ <laughs> and David. I was, I
3: was the Greek chorus.
2: It was great. I thought it was a great documentary. <laughs> but let me ask you: Did he really own the Republicans' buy shoes too? And that's a that's a, a valid question because yeah, a well, lot of the criticism afterwards, was like, well. He said it was an offhand joke. I don't, you know, because, but then remember, before Sam Smith swore that he never said it, swore Mm -hmm. up and down that he never said it. And, you know, I had the opportunity to interview Craig Hodges uh, for, for, uh, you know, something that I'm doing called The Rematch on Fly TV. Mm -hmm. Um, And he said he was right there when he said it. And he said it wasn't a joke. You know what I mean? Like the way that he described it. In the last mm-hmm. dance, he kind of oh, was just a little offhand joke, something I said to side. So did yeah. he really own that he said that?
3: No, of course not.
2: <laughs> of course, oh, okay. All right. All <laughs> I mean, right. of
3: course he didn't. Okay. You know, I mean, he made, he made it as you know, you know, as innocuous sounding as possible. Um, you know, twenty years after the fact, or 20, 30 years after the fact, um, and yeah, no, I mean, he did. You know, he did not. He did not acknowledge that the power of the remark uh, was like a gut punch, I think to a lot of black people, right. you know, and it, and, and it's, and, and, and I say that as somebody who, as I've told you before, it's I I want, I'm not going to try to live Michael's life for him. He's got to live his right. life. You know, I can't, right. I can't live his life for him. But you know, when you say things like that, you know, it has an effect on people. And mm-hmm. so, um, did he, did he own it in that particular, in the last dance? I mean, not, not the way I would hope he would have. Um, but you know, again, I'm, I can't, mm-hmm. I, I had enough trouble living my own life, much less his. So he's got to reconcile that particular statement and that particular, um, uh, decision he made, uh, to not endorse. Um, he's got to live with that. Um, and that's why, again, there's repercussions for that. Like we talked about before, when you make a statement about now about, about the killing in Minnesota, it, it you know some people are just not going to buy it because of, of things that you've said or done or not done in the past.
2: Well, again, I was happy that he did say it. This, I, this me time. too. I was, too. and yeah. you know, and, but but I do keep going back to Craig Hodges and him talking about, and it's not just like he's trying to. He was trying to say, I I'm trying to spend your money for you. I'm trying, he just what he just knew the power of his voice and mm-hmm. the power of, you know, he made the reference to it, you know, all the, the, you know, young black men who were dying over Jordan's and these are your shoes. And I'm coming here every day looking at you and you're not saying anything about it, you know, where mm-hmm. you, you, you had the, the power to be able to say like, peace, be still. And everybody would have been still cause you're MJ. Yeah. And I yeah. think that the, that's the part where, but I, I, like I said, I'm glad that he said something, something now. And yeah. so does that does that show like a, a growth? Because people have to have room to grow, you know? And, and that's True. what I kind of would rather have happened, him say that, you know, I said that then, but now I've grown into a new person. That's what I was hoping I would hear. Right, I, right. I didn't yeah. quite hear that.
3: No, you didn't, because I don't think there was any, for him, I don't know how you walked that back. You know what I'm saying? Like, you could, you're right. It would have been, you know, it would have been, enlightening to hear him say hey i may have made a mistake back then you know i may have been insensitive back then or i may not have thought this all the way through back then because we've all done that right i mean so you 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 acknowledge that to not even acknowledge that you may have made a mistake i think is where people might have, have a problem with it but I agree with you I mean, again, I'm glad he said something. He has said things before. I can't remember mm-hmm. if it was after Ferguson. There was a couple. There's been a couple instances. There were. And, and he did
2: it Ford, with the undefeated. Because I remember he made the yeah, statement through the right. undefeated. Right, right, right. That's right. So he, so he's, and, and, I, and I always make the point clear, because I played with him for two years with the Wizards. Yeah. I've seen him do a lot of things in the community that he didn't tell that's nobody my point. about. That's my point. He just that's kept my it point. quiet. So that's I, I can't jump on the bandwagon that, he doesn't care anything about the community. right? I, I right, cannot, right. Can, I, can I say that he doesn't, you know, use his voice like a Muhammad Ali or a, right. you know, Bill Russell or, or right. a LeBron. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, Kareem. Yeah, no, right. he doesn't. But, right. you know, I can't say that he doesn't care about the community right. at all whatsoever.
3: Right. And that's why I say I wrote, I wrote a piece on that during the last dance. I said there's a reason that Bill Russell and Jim Brown or Bill Russell and Jim Brown. Right. <laughs> because they did do things. They did say things that other people didn't say. Right. Yeah, everybody right. can't do it. You know, everybody can't do it. You know, there's lots of there's lots of great athletes who don't say things about politics. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, that's just you have to be in that space. That has to be part of your whole thinking as a human being. You know what I mean? So, and, and it takes courage, you know, and it, it would be great to say everybody's got courage. Everybody doesn't have courage. You know what I mean? Right. So, um, right. You know, you, you have to say that with, with a certain understanding of what it's going to mean for you in terms of this is, you know, where how I'm going to be stereotyped. This is how I'm going to be dismissed. You know, this is how I'm going to be marginalized. You know, all of those things. And that's not a comfortable space for a lot of people to be in. You know, right. what I
2: mean,
3: you know, I know a lot of guys that played with Bill Russell they're down people. They're, mm-hmm. they're, they they're believe in the cause and all those other sort of things. They didn't do what Bill did. They didn't say right. what Bill said. You right. know what I mean? So that doesn't mean they're bad people. It just means that they're just not comfortable doing that, you know? So so that's why I can't, again, to your point, I can't get on Michael for for never saying, never doing, because I know he's done things. And I tend to believe, also, Etan, at, in the notion that you don't do good works for the attention, you just do good works, <laughs> you know what I mean? Well, yeah, I just think you do things, you just do them. You don't do them for credit, you know what I mean? Right.
2: You just uh-huh. do them. But, but my I, my, but my, take, my my answer to that was, and I actually asked him that when I saw the, a lot of yeah. things that he did do when I was with Washington. Like yeah. some of the things I would say, I was like, why you don't tell nobody this? Mm-hmm. Like, this is mm-hmm. great, somebody needs to know this because everybody thinks that you right. don't do anything right. and you don't care, so that's kind of the flip side of it. What
3: would he say? Be, I'm curious, what would he say when you, when you when well, he said he said
2: the same thing that you said. He's like, I, I don't I don't do it for that reason. Yeah. You know, yeah. And, and literally when I say things like not like little things, like huge it's, things. That was I know. people <laughs> I know. But, but let Seth me, me jump here. I don't want to take up all no, the questions. I, I just ahead. thought
0: <laughs> I just thought, you know, just to, to kind of transition to today's game, uh, we didn't Itan and I didn't get a chance to mention in our first segment the story of Jalen Brown, uh, the Celtics player who drove right. from Boston to Marietta, Georgia, where he's from, to participate right. in a rally and <sighs> led a speech and filmed it on his Instagram. And yeah. I, I, and, and, it, and it, it goes back to a statement that I have said is that is today's NBA player is so aware, socially mm. aware, technologically aware. They're, they're on such a level. And I don't like comparing it to other sports because I don't think mm. any sport can hold a candle to these guys
3: um i tend to agree with that i think the basketball players the nba players in particular and the wnba players let me say yeah, that first of definitely. Those,
2: definitely. because they're the
3: ones that that wore the i can't breathe shirts and all way before a lot of people did derrick rose one of the first nba but right. the WNBA players did a lot you know when it wasn't popular you know right to, right. to, it wasn't to bring trending. attention to these right. things right. yeah okay. so they should definitely get credit for that um but yeah, no, there's no, and I think part of that is just, as you mentioned, the kind of technological piece with social media, that's just such, it's just so ingrained in every younger person's life. Right. Is, you know, it just is, right? I mean, so you you can't, like, I could be an old guy railing against it, or I could try to understand it. That's just how young people communicate with each other. Right. And so the fact that, that, that Jalen Brown puts his stuff on Instagram immediately, that, I don't, I don't, I'm not credit I wouldn't criticize them for that. That's just how they are. That's how they talk uh-huh. to each other. You know what I mean? So, um, so it's cool for me. So I don't. It doesn't bother me. And I certainly believe. And I think this is where LeBron's got to get a lot of credit. I think because LeBron really has been out front on a lot of these things. He really? Yep. And he really has. You know what I mean? And you know, going all the way back, you know, to wearing the hoodies, the Trayvon Martin, and all that. I mean, he has really been a leader on this and he has said things and you can say whatever you want. It takes some stones to, to tweet the president of the United States and call him a bomb. That, that takes some stones now
2: because <laughs> right,
3: you're going right. to get some blowback on that. Okay. You're going to get some real blowback on that, you know, and to pull the trigger on that and live with the consequences of it, you know, that takes some courage and I've got it. So I got to give LeBron a lot of credit for being, you know, not just, and I'm not, I'm not, not
0: countering that. I'm not yeah. countering this, but what was your thought on, where LeBron was trying to help, and I think he was trying to help Commissioner mm-hmm. Silver with the Daryl Morey uh, tweet and the uh, stuff with China, because it yeah. seemed so out of what you're saying, yeah. and we've seen yeah. shut up and dribble, and we've seen yeah. the, the 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 barber, the, whatever that the yeah. shop call show. We see Barbershop, the way he yeah. is, and mm-hmm. that didn't reflect him. And that was the I only s- time. Yeah. It, it's not our place to criticize because he can do whatever he wants, but it just seems so out of character.
3: Again, I wrote it, it's, and I live with it, take the heat for it. He was a hypocrite. Yeah. But you know what? So was I. So was Steve Kerr. You know what I mean? So is everybody. We're all hypocrites when it comes to China. As I, as I wrote in the piece, if you got the courage of your convictions, then you should never fly again because guess what? China forced every major airline to not mention Taiwan as a place to land. Okay, and that's a, a sovereign nation. Last time I checked, so unless you don't fly, you really can't say nothing about anybody else. Respondents about China, so we are all hypocrites about China. Okay, we all watch the movies that they make in China. We all watch the TV shows and listen to the records that they make in China. We, we all the products that they make in China. So unless you're a hermit and you're living off the grid, I really don't want to hear your opinion about China unless you criticize it. Unless you're walking the walk that you say all these other people should be walking. And I include myself and, in the hypocrisy
2: of that. And see, this is this is where I have to respectfully disagree with both of you on this topic. And this is why. Because I thought that LeBron James th- showed tremendous leadership in the China situation. And this is why. So Daryl Morey does a tweet. While they're on their way to China, I didn't think that it was Daryl Morey's place to put them in a situation. Now it's different if they put themselves in a situation right. and speak about something. Right, but Daryl Morey—don't nobody know who Daryl Morey is? You know, they know who LeBron is, so right. he's putting them. So I don't think it was his place to do that. So when he, when LeBron did, was called a players' meeting, got them mm-hmm. all together, said, "Listen, we don't know enough about this to work, so we're not going to say anything about it." And that was what mm-hmm. they did, unified as an entire group. The, they had, they had, you know, the different players don't play in the exhibitions, and that's what they all came out and said. I thought that was leadership myself, you know? Uh, and, and, yeah. So, just, so just as much as you have the right to speak, you have the right not to speak. And, but it has to be your choice. Somebody else can't put you in that position. So I thought Daryl Morey that's was the one. That's what it seemed like. It seemed like Silver put point. him up
0: to it. It seemed like well, Silver was like, help me here. You have more of a voice <laughs> than I do. No, nah, I didn't
2: see that. I I saw it as as LeBron James and all the and all the players but LeBron James taking the the head of it to say what Daryl Morey did was not right.
3: Well, okay. I think those are two I think there's two separate issues here. Mm-hmm. There's the timing of it? The timing. Where sure. where Morey's comment while players were in China was mm-hmm. was the timing was terrible obviously mm-hmm. because they were forced to have to respond while they were in China. While right? they were there. So one thing that's one thing that you can say, okay, look, they got to finesse this. They got to be able to do what they got to do
4: mm-hmm. here. And they
3: wound up not playing the games, but you don't know that at the time, right? You're responding in real time. So, you you know, you don't know if you're going to play or not and what the circumstances that would be. So I get that. What I'm saying is that LeBron has always been, I think, someone who was capable and willing to speak quickly about things. You know what I mean? He 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 does not necess- he does not usually require – more time to think about something <laughs> like he has an opinion and he expresses that opinion, right? wrong, good, better, and different. He expresses that opinion. And so to me, for him not to express an opinion on this to me was just like, okay, you, you know, you're, you're trying to, well, as I said before, he's trying to thread a very, very, very thin needle here. I understand what you're saying and I understand what he was saying at the time. That he was put in a, in a bad position, which was true, which is true, and which was true at the time. Mm-hmm. There is the separate issue of what do you think about what the Chinese are doing to Hong Kong citizens? It's a simple question.
2: But you gotta also keep it, taking into consideration that they were in China at the time. Understand China was not a place, it's not like America. We can go <laughs> here, all three of us say that Trump is an idiot. And we can all say that right now. And, and it, it is, China is different. So I, think, I think that part, as far as that has to be put into the equation, as Understood. far as he and the Understood. other players were there. So they land there Understood. and then there's this big firestorm and they're, they're you know, right. anti-American, everything because of what Darryl Morey did. Right. So that was, that was a little bit more, I think that situation was a little bit different. Okay. Now, right. I, now, I do think there's room for criticism because mm-hmm. I think that we could criticize LeBron when he didn't speak out about Tamir Rice. Now that I can criticize because he was in Cleveland. He's right there. You know, the Jermaine Rice went, and then he elected not to say anything. So that right. point, and I think there's room for criticism with everybody. But I think for, for for China, I do think that was a different situation. It's nuanced, for sure. It's nuanced yeah. for
3: sure, Italian. But I think, yeah. again, there's been some time that's gone by
2: since then, and he has not. I
3: agree. He's
2: back on yeah, it. He's back on it, right. Let me ask you this. And I wanted to ask, and this was what Seth actually brought up. So I don't want to hijack his question, but this is what we, we talked about earlier before you okay. came on. Okay, so what is your take on all of the different organizations now speaking out? Because you know you have Netflix, you have HBO, you have stars you have
0: you know I just tweeted thought The Ottawa out with Senators the, the, yeah, the, the right, New Jersey Devils <laughs> every, everybody right so what, what, what is, it just seems what is your so contrived?
3: Yeah, yeah, it's the exact same reaction I had when everybody all of a sudden discovered Darryl, Donald Sterling was a terrible racist. Like, oh, really? <laughs> I'm sure. Yeah, right, right, right. It's, it's right. like Atlanta Casablanca. I'm shocked <laughs> the gambling's going on in this establishment, right? Right. <laughs> um, you know, come on, stop it. Nobody yeah. no, nobody believes the NFL all of a sudden has, got, has yeah. gotten religion religion right. on the subject of police brutality. I mean, right. I seem to remember somebody taking a knee In a nonviolent protest against police brutality got drummed out of the league, okay? And got called a son of a bitch by the President of the United States. So you tell me which side you think the NFL is really on. Come on, stop it. (laughs)
2: <laughs> right 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 and and I do I do like that I sing a lot because we've talked about the players I mean I love Stephen Jackson going down there right there in Minneapolis yeah. you know in his cantor in Boston yeah, um, yeah. you know we had the Ball brothers you know we had mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. um, so many players all around the country and I love the fact that players are standing up but I don't sometimes yeah. statements can just seem so manufactured I would rather if you saw the CEOs of companies make an exactly. actual, like exactly verbalize how they feel yeah. about it and, yeah. and tweak that out. Exactly. You know what I mean? And I then say, make a written statement. Exactly.
3: Uh, you know, Jerry Jones pretty good with media, right? I mean, he he's pretty good at manipulating media. Right. You know, Jerry Jones had had an epiphany because of this, right? Yeah. I think Jerry Jones could get the word out to people in the Dallas media that he's that he has a state he has something to right. say about. Say. You know about, about George Floyd's death. You know what I mean? So I agree. Robert Kraft Robert Kraft's a pretty savvy media guy, right? So mm-hmm. if he really had a, a change of heart about this,
0: he knows the numbers. You know, he knows
3: how to get in touch with people, right? So, right. That's what I'm saying. Like, come on, I think he's right. buying this. I agree. <laughs> I don't. I don't think any anybody that's really paying attention is buying this. You know, this is. I, I agree. This but is is kind anybody of keeping cover. track
0: of teams that aren't doing it? Like again, I mean, the, it's all. Yeah, if the Green Bay Packers else. don't write something, to <laughs> am I gonna? Well oh, wait wait a minute. Right. You know black mark to yeah. them like strong strongly worded letter to the Packers. Yeah, no. I mean
3: I don't know. You know, again it's what you do, it's not what you say. It's what you've right. done to Colin Kaepernick since twenty sixteen. I don't really care what you say about it. You know, if you if you're so hunk gung ho about it, somebody si- ha- sign Colin Kaepernick then. Go ahead. Good, you know,
1: good point. That's a that good would point. show me
3: you, that would show me you've changed. That would show right. me you've changed. Somebody right. signed Colin Kaepernick and then you can then you can make the case that there's been change in the NFL's thinking.
2: That's good. Well again, one last question. I, I appreciate sure. you taking the time with us because I'm sure your phone is ringing off the hook with a lot of stuff. NBA. They're, 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 they're looking to come back. They're looking to go to Orlando. They're gonna be right. with Mickey. They're gonna be quarantined. Quarantine. Um, somehow it I don't know. It help me out. Is that is that a good idea? Is it gonna work? Are we are we what what are your thoughts? <sighs>
3: Yeah. I mean, I, again, I wrote, I wrote this Friday in the athletic mm-hmm. that I am very torn about this, um, for a number of reasons. Um, and it's not even so, it's not even that you're throwing a sop to Disney by, 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 you know, which is the parent company of ESPN. And we all understand that, you know, I, I'm fine with that. You want to do a solid for your, for your media partner. Okay. That's fine. Mm-hmm. I don't, you know, okay. Mm-hmm. That's business, right? Uh, that's fine. I can't. I'm not going to lose sleep over the fact that Vegas doesn't get the event. You know what I mean? Like I don't right. really care. It doesn't matter to me. Um, so, but the whole notion, and this is where I'm torn, is that I understand, I do genuinely understand for, for a lot of people that sports is important and that they really do gain catharsis of a sort by watching their favorite team or their favorite player and, and cheering for them and not having to think about COVID and not having to think about all of these horrible things that are going on in our country right now. I get that. I really do. And I'm not like dismissing that. That's important. All I'm saying is that it shouldn't require my enthusiasm for that. You know what I mean? Like yeah. like why do I why do you feel like I have to be all sports sports is starting again, yay. You know what I mean? Like I'm I don't. Cause there's a hundred thousand dead people, including a lot of people of color, and there's dead black people getting killed every day. By police in this country and so i'm not going to get on the, the you know bandwagon of sports is going to save us now because we'll have something to think about well i want to think about this right now i don't want to think about sports right now no, but,
0: but you know, there are and, there are a lot of people who are stuck in quarantines stuck in, in their homes and they are I, struggling I with the, the depression and anxiety and all of that right? stuff. i understand all of that i want yes, it for them i agree. i want it for those folks. well
3: I understand that, but we got some other things that are a little bit more important than whether the Bucks win the championship this year. That's and, just my and, opinion. And also, I could be
2: wrong. And, and also, there are players dealing with anxiety, and and, and they're not comfortable playing in right. this environment, and they should be uncomfortable, in my opinion, right. but I, I think right. that has to be, because I want to see what what's going to happen when you have players elect not to play because they don't feel comfortable because of COVID-19.
3: Ethan, you know, I know... We all know that there are not just players, there are coaches, there are referees, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. there are people with pre-existing conditions, okay, and and what we know, one thing we know about COVID is that it is especially bad on people with pre-existing conditions, you know, it's a complete attack on your body's immune system and its ability to fight diseases, right, So, so the last thing I think the NBA needs right now is to have to deal with the ramifications of an outbreak on a team during the playoffs. What do you do if 7 players on a team test positive for
2: COVID? Right. Right. You know,
3: what do you do? Like, you know, is it representative to have a, an Eastern Conference semifinals where one of the teams has 6 G League players on it, you know, playing? Right, right. You know what I mean? So That's a good you have, point. You have to think about these things, you know, like these things matter. What happens, God forbid, if someone who is a food service worker Or a maid or Mm -hmm. a limo driver
2: contracts Mm -hmm.
3: COVID and dies.
2: Okay? We have to
3: think about this stuff.
2: This stuff
3: is important, you know? And in this headlong rush to get sports back on TV as soon as possible, I just think we need to stop and think about this stuff for a little bit longer. Because there seems to be, and it's every sports league, it's not just the NBA, it's every sports league, seems to be just rushing to get back on the court on the field on the pitch as soon as possible and i just think guys we've got this whole second wave that is imminent okay what are you going to do if we have a second wave in july or in august when everybody's ratcheting up again and you have people you know what i mean i watched the auto race the other day there's people in the stands sitting next to each other okay That's what happened, and, and we know what happens when people sit next to each other, okay?
0: but we the NBA, The NBA and the NHL are quick. They're six weeks, and they're trying to just do something. Yes. And, yes, there's yeah. a business angle. Nobody's going to deny that they, they, mm-hmm. they want money, and I understand that. And I love the NBA's plan because there are literally three roads to get out of Disney World, and <laughs> that's as much right. contact tracing as you have. The, the deal that I've ki- I can't stand – is the mm-hmm. baseball plan, because the baseball plan is all 30 teams in their respective uh, It's uh, a disaster. Cities. It's a disaster. That makes yeah. no mm-hmm. sense whatsoever, no, and that's no. not going to happen. But the basketball one, I, I I actually think the basketball one is, yes, it's a risk. Don't I'm, I'm, no, no one's ignoring the risks, mm-hmm. but I think that if there's ever a chance to have mm-hmm. something come off successfully, it's the Orlando plan, more than hockey, more than baseball, and more than the NFL.
3: Yeah, I, I, I would agree. I think they've put a lot of time. I'm not saying they, they haven't put any time or thought into this. All I'm saying is that you can't let commerce kind of dictate your decision-making. You know what I mean? And I and I, and I I fear, fear, I don't know, I fear that in the NBA's case, they are kind of, you know, there's pressure from owners especially, but, and from players too, don't get me wrong, and from agents. Okay, they're another part of this that want to play, right? They want to play and they want a resolution to the season, which again, I am very sympathetic towards that idea. And I understand that. I just hope that they understand that this is not going to be, well, as Dr. Fauci said, the disease tells you when it's safe, mm-hmm. not us, not people. Okay, The disease tells you when it's safe, okay? I don't think it's safe yet. And so I just worry about, to Eton's point as well, what happens when a star player says, "You know what? I, I don't want to play. I don't feel comfortable playing." Is he going to be vilified for that? Is he going to be criticized for that? Is anybody no, going to be empathetic him. empathetic to that person's position? Because you right. know, you don't make these decisions in a vacuum. Okay, most most guys I know in the association, they got a wife, they got a girlfriend. Okay, mm-hmm. they got some say in this too now, and mm-hmm. especially if they have kids. And if you have grandparents, if you have extended families, they have some say in this too. Okay. Mm-hmm. So that's why I, I just hope that there's been thought given to here's what we're going to do if this happens. Here's and how we're prob- going to try and handle
2: it. And the problem is, and I promise you, I'll let you go here in a minute. The yes, problem nope, is, though- 10 more minutes. Come on. <laughs> the problem is that, you know, you're seeing all this pressure every time Trump gives an address of saying everything is fine now, let's open up. Right. And, you know, and when you said it shouldn't be done for commerce, but every reason that the person who occupies the White House right now is saying is for economic reasons. That's what worries me. Following along what's coming from the top. And that's 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 the problem.
3: That's what worries me is that there is this national. And I think, again, is, is is it politics? Of course. But it's also just, you know, Fortune 500 CEOs that want their businesses open again and they can put an incredible amount of pressure on people um, you know, at high levels in, right. in sports, they can put a lot of pressure on people to reopen. And That's I, right. and again, I get it. I understand it, but I just hope that there is attention being paid to the science and also to the ramifications of a positive test or tests. No, There's going to be some, <laughs> Now what is. are you going to do?
0: What are you going to do? It's a matter it of happens? when, not if,
2: right? right. Yeah, right. exactly. Well, thanks for coming on the show. Yeah. I appreciate you. You're you're great. You know, you're so well-respected by the players. I will say no, that. I appreciate you. Know you, I know appreciate I, you know what I mean? I really appreciate country, country, you. But You're so respected around me. And that's why you were in every episode of The Last Dance. Because, <laughs> because you're so well-respected. <laughs> right.
0: I did not see that on. coming again. Of, I did of not course. Res-
2: <laughs> I, I, it full circle. <laughs> I,
3: I appreciate that, Ethan. Thank you for having me, guys. I really do appreciate it. It's, it's a good right. show. I appreciate it.
2: Thank you very much. A model. Used to be a role model.
0: We have a special announcement here to make on the show, and it involves Spotify. How many of you have Spotify? You know, my daughter made us get Spotify because she wanted to listen to music. And then I found out something that really made me cool in my house. We are so excited to announce that Sports with Friends and my other podcast, Hall of Justice, is now available to stream free on Spotify. If you haven't tried listening there yet, it's free to download. Use Spotify on any device. It's a great listening experience. You go straight from listening to your favorite music, Prince, and switch right over to our podcast in the very same app. And when my phone is plugged into my car, my daughter can control the music with her app because we have the same account. Just search for our show, Sports with Friends, on Spotify and start listening free. And remember, it's totally free, even if you're not a premium member. Our thanks to David Aldridge for uh, joining us and for ton Thomas as well. This is a very important episode, and this is something that I'm glad we're doing here on the podcast. The story that you need to know right now took place on July 17th, 2014. Eric Garner was a man from Staten Island, New York, and he died on that date after a police officer put him in a chokehold for 15 seconds the medical examiner's office found that garner died partly because of the chokehold new york city police department officers had talked to garner because they thought he was selling cigarettes illegally officer daniel pantaleo took garner's wrists behind his back garner swatted his arms away pantaleo then put his arm around garner's neck and pulled him backwards into the ground After Pantaleo removed his arm from around Garner's neck, he pushed Garner's face into the ground. Four officers went to restrain Garner, who said, I can't breathe, several times. On December 3rd, 2014, a grand jury decided not to indict Officer Pantaleo. This led to protests and rallies, much like you're seeing this week. Charges of police brutality. Eric Garner's daughter, Emerald was a guest on our Twitch show. Here's that interview.
2: So thank you Emerald uh, for coming on the show. This is the daughter of Emerald uh, from Eric Garner. Uh, We met a long time ago, actually at NBA All-Star Weekend when it was in New York. That was the first time we actually met. And um, it was at Canaan Baptist Church. We had a big Black Lives Matter event there. Um, and that was pretty much the first time that you ever really spoke um, yes. out uh, publicly. And so it was, it was, you did a fantastic job. And I told you, I was like, listen, I didn't really, you know, I wasn't worried about you like speaking. We had a great panel. It was Isaiah Thomas, Alonzo Mourning, mm-hmm. you know, Kevin Powell, it was a great panel. We had like 2,500 uh, black and brown young men with Black Lives Matter shirts. We just kind of poured into them. And I wanted you to feel the love from the community there. Cause that was like right after you know, everything happened. So I, I wanted you to feel the love and you came and you've just kind of been speaking ever since. But right now we're, we're in this situation with, with with George Floyd and what happened in Minneapolis. And it's, the, the, the similarities are so, you know, it, it, it's tough. I can't imagine what is going through your mind as you saw everything happening. Um, and it brings everything back to light. But I think that I want to use the, the way that you have continued to push for justice as type of, uh, of a, of a instruction manual to how everybody, cause right now everybody wants to do something. Everybody wants to figure out something, yeah. but, but people don't understand that it's not just a, you know, few days type of a thing. It's not like a, just while it's trending type of a thing. This is a long struggle, and I want to, you know, to talk about the long struggle that you had to have in order to even get Daniel Pantaleo even fired, you know, from the f- first place, because it was like five years before he was even fired. So, first off, um, you know, what are you in? Are you in good spirits? How how are you doing right now?
4: Um, I'm doing all right. Um, I didn't watch the video, as you know, I, I I can't bring myself to watch videos. I didn't watch my father's video until five years after. Um, I feel for that family. And as I said uh, before in, in, in my Instagram story, like I stand with that family. I understand exactly what you're going through Um, It's going to be very emotional, it's going to be very draining, it's going to be very, this is going to be very hard, and it's going to get harder as it goes, it's never going to be easy, I'm never going to tell them it's going to get better, I'm never going to tell them they're going to feel better because they're not, and that's just the reality, I can, I can um, give them comforting words, we all can support them, but this is, this is going to be a struggle because now this is like, times two because in my father's situation, they definitely said if you could talk, you can breathe. And that's exactly what they said while they were sitting on top of this man's neck. So, um and I don't doubt that the medical examiner will come out with the same cause of death as my father's um determination.
2: And talk about that in particular because a lot of times people don't really know all the particulars. You know, I I know because I've I've been there with you through this whole this whole journey, but a lot of people don't even know the particulars of what the medical examiners told you um, happened to your father. Not that Daniel Punch, not what we all saw on video, but they said something else happened. So talk about what the medical examiners told you in particular.
4: Yes. So um, I didn't talk to um, the medical examiner um, directly. What happened was um, during the CCRB trial. That's when all of the evidence was the evidence was um, let out during the investigation. So basically, what the uh, medical examiner said was that um, his his uh, windpipes were crushed. So basically, he had pressure applied to his neck, and his windpipes were, pr- were crushed. And that's where they tried to say it was a seatbelt maneuver and he was not around his neck, he was around his chest. So that's where they tried to say like, you know, maybe that was an arm hold or that was a seatbelt hold. And it's like, no, we watched the video, your hands were clearly around the neck. And in this situation, just like my father's situation, it was it was filmed. And as I said, I did not watch the whole video, but I, I can definitely see where it goes from a regular encounter to a, to a person dying. And... you know, the fact that they try to try to make it seem like my father's video, try to make it seem like he was alive when he clearly was not alive. That's what that's what really hurt me the most. And it's going to hurt the family a lot. And and I just, it's just so emotional. And it's so, so unfortunate that that the blatant disrespect, I'm not going to call it an outrage. I'm not going to call it um, anything other than disrespectful, because I'm pretty sure that those officers saw the video of Eric Garner. And they were thinking, him
2: while they were killing this man. I don't doubt that at all. Right, right. And now, uh, and one of the things that you've done and, um, you know, you're pushing for laws to be changed. You know, I always quote um, Tiffany Crutcher who always says that you can't legislate somebody's heart. You can't change their heart, but you can make it illegal for them to act on their biases. And, you know, I think that's just such a true quote. And you've been pushing for the Eric Garner law for, the, for, yeah. for that chokehold to be outlawed in the state of New York. Tell everybody where you are with that.
4: Right now, it's at a standstill. I'm calling out all policymakers to find out what's going on. As we um, we deal with this coronavirus, you know, um, the police are taking this opportunity to kill black people. Breonna Taylor, Ahmad Arbery, Sean Everett, and, and everybody else who was, who who actually was was between the shutdown happening in New York City up until now, we have well over 10 people who were killed by the police. I don't have all of their names in front of me. I will get all of their names, but come on. It's like, and then we just seen an incident where in Chelsea Piers they're giving out masks to white people sitting on the grass, but in Brownsville, where I'm from, I'm from Brownsville, two fifty one Mother in between East New York and Liberty, right across the street from Howard Projects. That is my area. That is where I grew up. That is where I still hang out. They're over there terrorizing black people, not handing out masks, not wearing masks themselves, but physically assaulting people. What I call with with what I call the new stop and frisk, which is enforcing social distancing.
2: Right, and, and I, wanna, I want I you to drive the port home because a lot of people are, and this as, as we were speaking in different places, we've been speaking in different places around the country, and one of the things that you always talk about is how everybody is up in arms right after it happens and then everybody kind of is quiet after, after it's not trending anymore and they move on to the next, but you're still there. Talk about how the process um, is continuous in order to get justice. It's not just a weekend thing or a week thing that you have to keep pushing in order to get things changed.
4: Right, it's a it's a key it's a keep pushing kind of thing because like when my father first passed away what i would tell everybody is that he had four he had five grown children so all of his children were grown so at the time um you know erica would go to cnn i would go to pix 11. i um i went to arise tv she went to Hot 97. like we were all over the place we were doing different interviews that um, even eric he did a couple of interviews with you he did a couple views all over and you know it's, it's a collective and you know it's unfortunate that a lot of social justice organizations they don't work with each other so the families get affected the most so right. i appreciate you eton you know you my brother from another mother. You've been there since the beginning. You've been there since day one. Anytime anything comes up, you always reach out. You always, always come through. If I'm like, hey, I want to do a panel or I want to do a this or I want to do a that. You just did a census video for me. Thank you so much. That was for my job for Black Family Census Day. I thank you for that because that's the type of stuff that keeps us going. I still have to work a regular job. I still work a nine to five after my father passed away. Everybody thinks that everybody had these millions of dollars, but no, Emerald did not receive millions of dollars. And- here, taking care of three children after my sister passed away, so I still have to work. I still have to do those things, and it's going. It's going to be. A, it's a continuous thing, and I just want the people who are getting involved with this family to make sure that they stick with them stick with the family don't take sides don't 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 turn your back on one family member because they don't talk to the other family member if the goal is justice everybody should be fighting for the same thing for the same goal to get justice for our loved ones who, who who are no longer with us today
2: definitely definitely and you mentioned erica and erica's no longer here with us and you're planning a celebration for her talk about what you're planning um, to do in a few days right and before everything happened with this yes. new case. He was already in planning mode. Uh talk about what you're what you're planning to do. Yes,
4: yeah, so um as you know, the first memorial that I did was right after she passed away. And um, you know, I do memorials for my father every year. And I usually do it at a church, praise and worship. And um I decided this year, of course, because of the COVID nineteen and because of social distancing rules, to do it online to, to you know have a virtual birthday party where we share. You know, I, I ask everyone to send in videos of their favorite memory, or they can come on the live and they'll get their own time to talk about their favorite memory of Erica. Um, her daughter Alyssa, she's gonna write a letter and she's gonna read it during the live. Uh, we're gonna have um, you know different games and interactive things that we could do while we're at home because we're at home, we're not going anywhere. And <laughs> this is what, this is what the new normal is. The new normal is a zoom birthday party. So, um, and we're going to have a sneak preview of the movie, the Eric Garner, American trial, Eric Garner movie. Uh, my mom did this project with Roey messenger. He's, a, um, he's, uh, a, he's a producer and film director. And the movie basically is a mock trial of what should have happened. The trial mm. that should have been. Mm. So, um, we're gonna have a sneak preview of that. And then I'm gonna have my mom there to answer any questions. We're gonna do a live Q and A. So it's like, you know, anything you wanna ask us, we're, we're gonna be transparent about it because I feel like people need to know. Like people need to know what's going on. No sugarcoating, no two second reel on a news TV show. This will be two hours virtually where we will be discussing the real, real. <laughs>
2: And, you know, you I've seen, you know, because I, I, we, we did events with, with you and Erica, so I've seen both of you together in a space, and it was really where, you know, you were kind of the quiet one, and Erica was kind of the outspoken one. But then you had to kind of become you know, both personalities, because Erica was always going like, okay, y'all not going to hear me. I I, When she said that, we was at the panel at Canaan in Harlem. She said, listen, if I say it, you know, nice and calmly, y'all not going to pay any attention to me. If I say it nice and politely and everything like that, but now if I get a microphone and turn a chair over and then yell it, then you hear me. And I've seen you kind of transform into that personality because you've had to get the, the, you know, and keep pushing and keep the fight. Talk about that and how difficult that has that been because you've had to kind of come out of your element for for getting for pursuing justice for your father
4: for me like the media stuff I don't like to be on camera <laughs> right.
0: right.
4: I like to be okay. I really don't like to be on camera. I I like to sit in the background. I'm more of a paperwork kind of person, answer the phone calls and emails. So when me and Erica did decide to hop on the same boat, it was like, Emerald, I'll do all the talking, you do all the background stuff. And I'm like, okay, good. So I'll do the social media. I'll do the emails. I'll, I'll book you for whatever, whatever. And I'll book you to go here and make sure everything is okay. And then, um, we had went to a town hall with President Obama when Obama was president right before he um, came out of office, and right. they told Erica that she would be able to speak. Right. So they t- they who, also told me.
2: Wait, wait, who's they? Who who told her? Who told her that they, that? They
4: oh, uh, Fox Five, the people 5. who um, okay. who. Um, who who got who basically provided us transportation right. and booked us to come out there. Well, right. we were told that we would have a, a session, a set, um, a set time to ask a question to Obama. Right. So they told us, okay, after this person, you will go. So now we get towards the end of the of the of the town hall, and Erica still hasn't spoken yet. So I texted her, and I was like, oh, they're trying to play us. They, I was like, let's stage a walkout. So I was like, I'll walk out with you. So I was already mad because my daughter had to be in a separate room from where I was, and she was only two, and my niece had to be in a separate room. They said she would be in this room. I went to that room. She wasn't there. They told me somebody took her to the bathroom, so I was already upset. So Erica walked out. Me and Erica walked out, Mm -hmm. and she was like, you know, I, I came here civil. I came here composed, but you lied to me and told me that I would be able to speak to Obama, and I, I, that's not happening. So she she started turning up, and she was like, you know what? If, if I'm not gonna talk, nobody's gonna talk. Secret Service surrounded her and everything, and she was not scared. And that was that was her start of, you know what? If I if I if you're not gonna let me do this civilly, I'm just gonna be belligerent. And that's where she started to say you know what i'm just going to turn up because you're not hearing me you invite me out here you invite my family out here you tell me that my child and my niece would be able to meet with obama and you lied to us so that was where she she came and she was like you know what bump this, like I'm going to have my voice heard. And I was like, you know what, Erica, I stand behind you with that. And I'm going to be back here with the kids while you go and you stand on the front line. And that's exactly what we did. That was our plan. So fast forward to the federal government and the CCRB trial. And they said no federal indictments five years later. And they said and they released the article before they came and told the family. Right. So that's made me get pissed off and go in front of the courthouse and just like let lay, lay it all on the table. I felt like Erica just jumped into my body and I all just right. I just went for it I was like I know if I start yelling and screaming indoors they will just arrest me lock me up and they, nobody would ever hear me So I went all outside the courtroom I left everybody I tossed my book I left everybody and went to the front of the courthouse and I just let I just let the world have it
2: right right right. that's that's that was where and i it's like i I was watching it and i saw erica in you and that was that you know it was just like an amazing because i saw the whole transition to where you didn't want to say anything in the beginning so i'm gonna ask you one one last question and i want you to give all the information again of what you're doing for erica's uh, remembrance um what does it mean like even right now and we've talked about this before when athletes in particular have spoken out on your behalf when you have somebody like lebron james because a lot of people are saying okay well what what does a t-shirt mean like so he, so they wore t-shirts that said i can't breathe what does that really mean and i've heard you explain on many occasions exactly what it meant to you um and i want you to just explain explain it again because at that you're at a time where you didn't feel like anybody was supporting you you know, like you was feeling like you you, you I remember you said to the, the students, where were we at? I don't remember the name of the school, but it was the, the, students, the students that we really liked. They asked all the good questions. Um,
4: yeah, yeah, I'm
2: um, Horace Man. Horace right, right. We a at Man. Yes. And I remember you said to them, you said, imagine um, having your father killed by the police and then turning on the TV and seeing nothing but people justifying why your father deserved to die. And then you just let it soak in with them for a little while. And they was like, wow. And then mm-hmm. they just you know, so that, but but talk about what it felt for you to see LeBron James and Kevin Garnett and you know Derrick Rose and all of them wearing the I can't breathe shirts. Like what it actually meant for you to see that.
4: Well, I just have to say, rest in peace to Kobe Bryant um, mm-hmm. and his daughter and everyone else who lost their lives in that helicopter crash, that terrible helicopter crash, and. When I, when I heard that story, I automatically thought, to dang, he was one of the first people to wear the T-shirt and stand yeah. for my father. Him and his team, they stood for my father and they actually got fined for it. They had to pay a, a penalty and stuff. And for me, wearing a T-shirt is basically saying, we got you. Like, that's basically saying, we got you without without talking to us directly. Mm-hmm. So it's just it just fills my heart with joy to know that people who don't know me like like I said to everybody before on July 16 2014 the day before my father was killed nobody knew who I was except for the people who were who knew me from a child so the whole world knew my name after July 17 2014 so it's like to see the people who watched the video and didn't try to justify it, didn't try to go around it, didn't try to say that we were wrong for speaking out, didn't try to say that we were wrong for, for feeling the anger that we felt, didn't say that we were wrong for doing our protests and our marches. I appreciated those people because it's like, we have local people who live right in the next apartment from you that they just really don't care. And then you have these big major celebrities who standing with you. That, that, that makes me know that my father didn't die in vain. He wasn't murdered in vain. And everybody knows who he is. Every I put Google alerts on my phone and every day I get a Google alert because somebody's talking about him, somebody's writing an article about him. And I, I feel like that's good. I feel like it, it needs to continue. It needs to keep being talked about because the Aragona law needs to happen. And the Aragona law was in place right now today, I, I, I can almost promise you that cops would not be killing us the way that they, and would not be a trigger warning on black people.
2: Right, right, right. And uh, so and so just before I let you go, I want you to finish up by giving everybody the information about the memorial that you're doing for your sister. So give everybody the information.
4: Yes, yeah, so Friday, the 29th is going to be from 4 p.m. to 6 p.m. Um, if we run over, we just run over so everybody can pop in and pop out. Um, I'm going to have the preview for the trial. I'm going to have the director. I'm going to have my mom, my brothers. Um, I'm going to um, pl- play a little game with the kids. I'm going to um, take questions. We're going to do a Q&A. Um, we're going to have some music, you know, so everybody can get up and dance. And um, I just want to make it fun and interactive and um, I'm gonna be playing little clips of Erica. I'm gonna be playing little clips of um, some of the things, some of the interviews that she's done. I'm gonna be sharing some never before seen videos and never before seen um, pictures of us when we were young. So um, it's gonna be good. It's gonna be on my Facebook Live or my Instagram Live that's Emerald underscore Snipes. And I all on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram. Um, we actually created t-shirts that we're going to be selling. And um, we're also going to be, uh, I want to kind of try to raffle it off. So I'm trying to figure out how to do a virtual raffle. Okay. <laughs> so I'm trying to figure that out. Um, and then the um, the email is today 2014 at gmail.com. That's where you can send your questions, you can send your comments, and we'll read them live on the Zoom.
2: That's great. That's great. Well, Emerald, you know, you got my support. And I'm gonna keep supporting you. And I, you know, I always say one of the things that, you know, since doing the work with you and like with Tiffany Crutcher, um Terrence Crutcher's sister, and you know, Valerie Castile, who is uh, a Castile's mother, and you know, doing the work with y'all, the thing that always impressed me so much that all of y'all have this same common thing where you wanna change it for everybody else. You know what I mean? You're trying to get justice for your loved one who you lost, but now you're also trying to change laws. You're trying to change the way that, you know, different police departments, police, you're trying to do all these things for everybody else. And I I really commend you and I can't say it enough. You know how I feel about all of y'all. So, you know, you still have, you you have my support. you You always have my support.
4: Yes, thank you so much. And I really appreciate you, Etan, I really do. We love you. My family loves you every time, every time. They be like, where's Etan? Is he coming? Is he going to be there? <laughs> <laughs> and my grandmother, she's the tall guy. Where's the oh, yeah, tall
2: yeah, guy? Yeah, she yeah. says the tall guy. Tall yeah, guy. Love your grandmother. Tell your grandma, tell everybody yeah, I said hi. And, um, and I'll see I you at the virtual mm-hmm. celebration, all right?
4: Thank you, yes, and we'll definitely have more conversations like this. It's definitely yeah. needed. Yeah.
1: a while When you see me again, I hope that you have been the kind of person